Welcome to I'm Game with Fred Croner. Today, I am joined by Rebecca Slezak, a night, or 2017 Muhammad Seymour High School graduate and also a 2021 Ball State University graduate. And even before she graduated from Muhammad, she was doing great things photographically. Uh, just as a, a personal story, I remember I was the editor of the Muhammad Citizen uh, your senior year, Rebecca, and you took uh, pictures for me at prom and uh, baccalaureate and just did a great job and not only pictures, but provided some uh, some content, uh, written content as well. So uh, I, I appreciate that. Uh, uh, and obviously, this has been a passion of yours for some time, isn't it? Yeah, that seems so long ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to, before I get into the questions, I want to just talk a little bit about your credentials. My gosh, uh, uh, while you're in college, a two-time Indiana College Photographer of the Year, 2019-2020, and you've done internships at San Antonio, Kansas City, and Denver, and then more recently worked for about 15 months at the Dallas Morning News as a photographer. Uh, and then now, since March, uh, living in Colorado, and I guess more of a, a freelance photographer. Is that right? Yes, that's right. <laughs> so let's uh, let's start a little bit uh, there, and then we'll we'll kind of go back in time. Uh, what uh, first of all, how how tough of a decision was it to? Uh, leave a, a full-time job in Dallas to kind of go out on your own, not really knowing, you know, what to expect and, and what that life would be like? Um, leaving a full-time job. I think um, there have kind of been two paths throughout the industry that I've always seen myself walking into, and one of them is freelance. Um, and so it is something that I knew that I wanted to experience um, at some point in my career. Um, there's a, there's a, number of reasons to leave I would say a big reason um was just where I saw I wanted to like where I wanted to build a life and what I envisioned for my future um and having a family and um different things it was more of a more of a personal decision rather than um anything how much did the uncertainty of the of the newspaper industry enter into that? Because, I mean, you know, more and more uh, newspapers are, are either closing down or laying people off, going with uh, smaller staffs. And, I mean, I remember at the, at the News Gazette at one time we had five or six full-time photographers and two or three part-timers. And uh, I believe now they have one full-time photographer and maybe one or two at most uh, part-time. So, I mean, it's it's certainly changed over the last 15 or 20 years, hasn't it? Yeah, it has changed a lot. Um, I mean, even at the Dallas Morning News, like a couple of years ago, they had like, you know, 20 people there. And when I left, they had seven um, staff mm -hmm. photographers um, and over 200 people in the newsroom. So it was it was a big newsroom. Um, you know, certainly like Gannett is laying off a lot of people um, at those papers. Um, yeah, there's a lot of uncertainty in the newspaper industry. Um, but I think with that uncertainty comes an opportunity for freelancers to be hired. Um, I will also say as a freelancer, um, not just doing editorial work, I do do commercial work as well um, because it's just not sustainable to only do editorial work as a freelancer. Well, and I, I see you've had some of your pictures published like in the, in the wall street journal as well. So, I mean, that uh, had to be a thrill for you personally, didn't it? Yeah, that was really exciting. Um, in the first month of, um, going freelance I got a call from the Wall Street Journal and, and that was super that was super awesome um great experience was that anything you would have envisioned you know like a year or two before uh, you know having a, a photo in a publication like that or, or not um I mean yeah I think everybody wants to be um published in you know one of the top 
papers in the country. Um, that's such a huge honor in itself. Um, so yeah, I was I was surprised to hear from them. Um, so let's kind of go go back in time. Growing up in Muhammad, uh, kind of trace your interest in in photography. What uh, kind of when you got started? What you liked about it, and what uh, really kind of you know kept you going with it? Yeah, um, I took a senior yearbook class um, with uh, Miss Carolyn, um, who was leading it um, at the time. Um, I didn't really know what I wanted to do graduating, but. <laughs> I knew I was good at taking photos <laughs> or kind of good at taking photos. And so um, my parents are like, why don't you go like look into journalism? Um, I think, yeah, I mean, a big thing that happened senior year was I didn't get into the University of Illinois. Um, and so I had to look elsewhere. Um, Ball State was a great journalism school. And then um, my freshman year, I took a journalism class with somebody who's been now a lifelong mentor or and I would envision will continue to be a lifelong mentor um um Martin Smith um and he just like encouraged students and his passion for journalism really rubbed off um in that class um and then that summer after freshman year I went down to um Sarasota, Florida to intern at a marketing department for the the city. And um, I knew that I, I didn't want to waste that time, like just doing marketing. Like I knew I wanted to do something that would further me in journalism. Um, and I was like looking for stories down there and I met this woman um, and her, I'll give her pseudonym name. Her pseudonym name is um, Maria. That's how I refer to her in uh, my portfolio and stories. Um, she was a woman who was an immigrant from Mexico um, and she was like cleaning houses. And so that's how I met her was through um, this woman who was cleaning the house that I was staying at. Um, and the biggest way that she provided for her kids was through um, sex work. And I thought that was really interesting, um, really eye-opening from coming from a small um conservative community that you don't really get exposed a lot in the world um and it really challenged my perspective of um just like what what like love looks like for children and how to provide and um and I knew that photographing her and her story was important um and so I did that that summer um and that really just like ignited a passion to like tell people stories and understand like you know, like we as storytellers, um, you know, and it, like have, or as storytellers, we um, create empathy through what we're doing um, and empathy between audiences and subjects um, and we're elevating voices and it's an honor to be able to do that. And so yeah, that's just like where that passion lies is is through telling people's stories um, and knowing that there's there's power in doing so. Um, so I would say that was kind of the beginning of why I started doing this um, and continued with it. Well, and I, I noticed you call yourself a visual storyteller too. So, I mean, obviously you consider your job more than just, you know, going somewhere and snapping a picture and, and being done, right? Well, yeah, I mean... Um, <laughs> 
so much, so many of my internships and past jobs have required me to do, I mean, video work um, and, you know, sound, but uh, yeah, I mean, like my deep rooted passion is in like long form documentary work of like following people over periods of time to see how their life changes and photographing those changes um, in a visual way. So telling a story visually over a period of time rather than just writing it in words. Well, I know uh, this is kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but uh, during COVID, one of the projects you did uh, back in Muhammad, you kind of went around to uh, different vis uh, businesses and, and took pictures from the outside, took pictures of the people inside uh, through the windows. So talk, talk a little bit about that project, how that evolved and, and, and how you felt that turned out. Yeah, that was an interesting time for everyone. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I was in my capstone class um, my junior year for that. So it was a challenge to try and photograph, you know, the circumstances surrounding um, surrounding COVID and quarantine um, and to create something, you know, for class out of that. Um, it was interesting. Um, hard to do. <laughs> so going back, uh, you said you kind of really got going your senior year when you when you took that class. I mean, growing up, though, I mean, did you have a camera? Were you a person that would like to take pictures at uh, different things or, or not? Um, I didn't have a camera growing up. I actually, <laughs> I actually, uh, started in, uh, not film, but in videography. Um, <laughs> I had all my friends and I like reenact the hunger games. There's a trailer on YouTube somewhere might be taken down, but I think it's still up. Um, <laughs> and it was just, you know, it was just the fun of like editing and acting it out and, and whatever. Um, but no, I didn't. I didn't grow up with a camera, um, which I feel like is different from other people. So, mm -hmm. so, so talk about what what do you actually like about taking pictures? Is it is it setting up the picture? Is it just getting the surprise picture that maybe you go somewhere expecting something and you you see something totally different, uh, or is it so, maybe sometimes taking a picture not really realizing what you you have until you see the the print or see the image uh, digitally. Yeah, I think some of it is the joy of finding that moment, like capturing that moment, like seeing something different um, that you don't expect, you know, whether it's like the way light falls on a subject or um, just visually, like, I don't know, I, I feel like I tend to see things like, and not necessarily my style, but I tend to see things through like darkness and light and shadows um, and highlights. And so just like going to a scene and not really expecting anything there, but then creatively like seeing images, um, seeing moments, capturing moments, um, moments of joy, grief, sorrow, um, all of the things. Um, I don't know if that answered your question well. <laughs> I feel like I'm not answering many of these questions well. <laughs> So, so talk, if you would, a little bit for people that don't know about the life of a, a newspaper photographer, because I, I can, you know, even though I was on the writing end, I, I, I can kind of understand that you might, in a, a typical day, you might get an assignment to, to go to a fire, you might go to a press conference, you might go to a ball game. I mean, there's just all different sorts of things uh, that you might get assigned to. So, so talk about being prepared um, for whatever might come in, in a given day. Yeah, um, being prepared. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a lot that can happen working in a newspaper in a day. I mean, um, 
and when breaking news happens that just throws everything for the day but um you know you might you might start your day with one or two assignments um or even three assignments um to run to it could be you know in the morning shooting a portrait of a woman at a bakery um and you have to have your lighting and all of that with you um and then you know midday it might be hey there's um it's really hot you know we're in san antonio it's really hot um it's 100 degrees people are um getting handed out water um or like popsicles or something from the salvation army like go shoot that go find like a feature a moment something happening um and then like later in the day it might be oh there's you know um a, a baseball game or whatever um a high school baseball game you gotta go shoot that for x amount of hours and then you know at the end of the day it could even be like hey there's a last minute fire there was hey a, a assignment fell through we need you to cover and work overtime i mean it's a lot of working overtime um it's a lot of working inconsistent hours um as a full-time staffer my schedule was changing every month so i worked like Monday through Friday, nine to six. And the next month it was like Tuesday through Saturday, two to 11. And then the next month it was Wednesday through Sunday, nine to six, you know, I mean, it was just crazy hours. Um, and then over time on top of that, I had a really good friend. Um, she had my schedule memorized so that she knew when we could hang out every month, but it was like very changing. So I think that's, it's really hard in, um, in journalism to predict what your day is going to look like and what your week's going to look like and what your month month is going to look like. Um, and it, a lot of it makes it, I mean, it makes it so life. So work is a priority in life, um, above other things, above all things. Um, because it, you know, say there's like a fire when you're not supposed to be working, um, you're going to get called to it. Um, or there's, you know, a hurricane or a disaster or whatever, the weekend mm. you're supposed to be off like you're not off anymore so it's a lot of sacrificing for your career so i don't know how you feel about this but i know a lot of the photographers i worked with at the news gazette they would much prefer to have uh you know a series of assignments rather than just have the photo editor say go out and find a feature because they said it would seem like when they tell you to go out and find one those are the times you, you never find one but when you're you know, going on assignment somewhere, that's when those other stories, uh, those other opportunities uh, just pop up. So were you a person that liked to just go out and, and kind of hunt for something or did you like to have something more, a little scheduled? No, I'd much rather have things scheduled. Um, just going out to hunt for a feature is kind of like the worst thing <laughs> possible. It means that the newspaper, it's slow that day and they have nothing else to print. <laughs> <laughs> who uh, who are some people that have impacted you in the profession over the years? Um, I'd say the greatest influence is my college professor, Martin Smith Rodden. I mean, he's still we still talk on the weekly basis. Um, he is I credit much of my growth and connections and success to him. Um, so I'd say he's he's definitely the biggest biggest person the biggest influence in journalism and he's somebody where you know when you're having a bad day um a bad day at work he's someone to call and say hey like you're still a great journalist and i believe in you and believe in the work you're doing um he's a really good guy so now that you've had some years in the in the profession what what are, what parts do you like what parts do you maybe kind of uh, dislike or not care for as much um 
things that I like. Um, <laughs> I still love telling stories. I still love meeting new people. Um, I think an important thing is to remain curious about the world and the people around you and to ask a lot of questions. Um, the things that I dislike. <laughs> well, I'm a freelancer because I don't want to prioritize work in the way that I did like coming into the industry. Um, like I recognize the importance of like a work-life balance um, and not like, I think I used to really be obsessed over what I was doing and um, just really just focus like for back, lack of better words, like work your ass off kind of mentality. And um, I've kind of recognized that like, that is not going to lead to a long and prosperous life. So <laughs> I took a step back and, and pursued freelance work. Um, yeah, I still love journalism though. So. so. So talk a little bit about what you do and kind of how you organize it now. How, how do you, you know, as a freelancer, how do you go, go about getting your assignments? Uh, and then, you know, uh, how do you make sure that you kind of have something steady, you know, throughout the course of a, a week or throughout the course of a month? Yeah, I think the steadiness is something that I'm learning um, to still try and do. The steadiness definitely comes from commercial work. Um, you know, you could shoot three days of international rugby like I did last week, and that is like your staple for the month. Um, the editorial work is like, you know, you get a call 3, 5 p.m. the day before, hey, can you go do this? Or hey, can you do this this weekend? Like a couple of days in advance. Um, but it's it's generally short notice. It's just like any other newsroom. Um, so when those jobs come up, like it's like drop everything and, and do it because that's what you love, right? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a balance. It's, I'm still figuring out how to do this six months in. Um, but I will say each month that I've done it, the more successful I have become, like, each month I've made more money than the previous month, which is great. <laughs> so is it, is it a little difficult though? I mean, the challenge that you never know when those, you know, assignments, those freelance assignments uh, for a paper might come in, is it a little hard to kind of schedule yourself out without leaving some free time, but not knowing if you're going to need that free time? Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, it's the, you know, it's the feast famine mentality of like, when the work is coming in, you're feasting. And when the work is not coming in, you're twiddling your thumbs and it's a, it's a famine. Um, I mean, and also like my friends here in Colorado know that like work is still a priority in the sense of like, if we have plans to go camping and I get a call from like the Denver post to go shoot something, like I got to cancel my camping plans that weekend because it's like, I don't know how many editorial opportunities I will have um in a month to shoot work that I want to be creating and making what uh, what is your approach as you prepare for a picture I mean you, you obviously have to make sure you know like you said earlier you, you have your lighting you have uh, the different cameras the lenses that you need but you know as you're going to assignment are you, are you kind of reviewing in your mind or thinking in your mind what you might expect it to be or do you rather just go there and, and see what is actually happening and, and you know is developing once you get there? I think early on in your career and like early on in and growing, like you should have a checklist of like, here's what I need to be shooting at this event, at the sports game. Like I need to make sure I have a photo of the coach and all these things, like these mandatory 
every photo shoot, you know, every portrait, you should have um, a tight, a medium and a wide. Um, you should have a vertical, you should have a horizontal. But I think once you kind of like that checklist is ingrained in you, like you're going to do that each time that you go on a shoot. Um, and it's just kind of natural at this point of like, this is what I need for this shoot. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, it's a matter of getting to the scene and seeing what what is there. Um, you know, you get your safe images, your things that your editors want you to get. And then after that, it's like, okay, what can I create that's really visually interesting that makes myself and makes other people go, oh, wow, that's really cool. Um, so you get your safe images and then you're free to experiment and play around. Do you see yourself kind of maybe eventually gravitating to be more of a, a studio photographer and, you know, do portraits, do senior pictures, things of that sort? Or is that something that doesn't interest you as much? Um, it's not where my passion lies. Um, so I don't do a lot of studio work currently, no. Mm -hmm. What What are your, your future goals? I mean, if you could kind of look ahead and say, this is what I'd like 10 years from now, 15 years from now, what uh, what would you see yourself or what would you like to see yourself doing? 15 years from now, I'd really actually like to be a photo editor. Um, and usually that happens through being a staffer and moving up. But I think I see more and more freelancers going into freelance photo editing and, and whatnot. Um, at that point, though, like hoping to have kids. Um, <laughs> as a freelancer, um, things that I would like to do soon in the next, I'd really like to continue on editorial documentary work um but I'd like to break out break into the outdoors um side of like commercial work um that's something where I don't have a lot of clients currently and and what I would like to uh expand into um yeah are you a person that believes one picture can tell a thousand words sure why not <laughs> <laughs> what uh, what what are some of your most memorable uh pictures that you've you've taken over the years I think the most memorable things for myself, I don't know about for people looking on my work or whatever, but for myself, the most memorable pictures are from the periods of time that I have spent with families or with people documenting their lives. Um, there's, a, there's a couple of different times. Most recently um, in Dallas, I spent... Um, a year following a family after their son was killed um, in a shooting. Um, there's this kid who, his name is Xavier, he's 14. Um, he was killed the day after Christmas at a, a gas station. Um, he's one of three teenagers killed um, by another teenager who was 14. Um, and I was called to respond to that scene. Um, and I stayed on that scene and the next or that evening there was a um there was a vigil and after all the other news people had left I had stayed behind um to see what else I could find to see who I could talk to and um I met Xavier's aunt his aunt was like you should come to the funeral um no other or you should come to the visitation the funeral um no other media was invited to the visitation um went to that went to the funeral made sure that the family had photos of everything um 
and then I I kept in touch with them I followed up um it, there was a graveside birthday party for his quinceanero um like a quinceanera a quinceanero for a man for a boy um and that was sad that was really sad to photograph and see a family devastated and um but I knew it was an important story and then you know following the year anniversary and then um even going into um the courthouse with um the family for the trial um the kid wasn't you know the, the kid wasn't uh turned in or whatever the kid is still missing but the father who assisted the kid in the shooting um was on trial and going to the trial and seeing graphically like what happened to this kid and these other kids um I mean like those are the things you remember um more than you remember making pictures like the people you meet how their lives are impacted is is what you remember those situations like that though must just really be heart-wrenching for you aren't they yeah, I mean, it's like, and I, I think other people feel differently, but for me, it's more important to be like a human first than a journalist. Um, you know, some, some people are very much like, you will, you know, be professional and, and I still am, but like, I would hug Xavier's mom and other photojournalists and other journalists wouldn't do that, you know, um, when her, <laughs> after, after that shooting and that, or after watching that shooting in, in the courthouse, I, um, I went up to um, one of the family members and I like gave them a hug and I was like, hey, like it's gonna be okay. Um, and like that's in journalism, that's a big no-no, like you don't do that. Um, but like, is it more important to be a human or is it more important to be a journalist? And I think it's a balance of finding, you know, like which hat do you need to be wearing at the time? Um, so. I don't know. Well, for me, I, I I would I would go to the side of compassion myself. So it's uh, you know some people might frown on that, but I I don't think you can go wrong with that approach. That's just my uh, my thought there. <laughs> so are you a person that uh, as you go different places, uh, different events, and whatever you, you like to take selfies of yourself there to kind of you know show and remember where you've been, or, or do you not do much of that? I think um, <laughs> I think I'm one of the like I just. I forget to take selfies of myself or take to forget to take photos of the events I'm at. Um, it's just like, I am one of the least connected journalists, like via social media. I don't really like social media. I don't really like to share those things. Um, but I, I think it's an opportunity for work to be seen. Um, and so I will use it for that reason. But uh, yeah, I don't share a lot of behind the scenes for lack of better words of what's happening. All right. Well, anything else that uh, you would like to add today? I don't have anything else, Fred. I feel like I've stumbled my way through <laughs> answering oh, questions. I think you did a wonderful job. So anyway, we've been talking with Rebecca Slezak today, a Muhammad Seymour graduate who is just doing great things in the field of journalism, specifically with her photography. Uh, we appreciate your time, and uh, hopefully one of these days we can uh, touch base and uh, check back in with you sometime. Thanks, Fred. Uh have a nice weekend. Thanks.